It is time for our weekly political panel now. This week we are joined by RNZ Deputy Political Editor Craig McCulloch and the New Zealand Herald's Political Editor Claire Trevette. Kia ora, good morning. Welcome to both of you. Morena. Okay, well a very sustained attack on the Associate Health Minister Casey Costello sort of sparked off by Guy Espiner's story uh, relating to her seeking advice on a freezing of excise tax. Uh, I mean, is she in trouble now? Is the opposition calling for her to lose her job? Is, is that likely? The opposition is calling for that. Look, it's a mess getting messier by the moment. It all goes back to that initial assurance where Casey Costello told Guyon that she had not specifically sought advice on freezing tobacco excise when she had. Now, as far as I can tell, her defence comes down to that word specifically. She argues she asked for a whole bunch of advice. She did not specifically ask for just that. And so she says she was being honest when she said she hadn't sought it. Now, I would point out that she specifically circled yes on the piece of paper offering that specific advice. And I would also point out uh, that if you had a long shopping order and on it you included, say, bananas, and then someone asked you, did you specifically request bananas? I think you would probably say yes. You wouldn't say, no, 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 I didn't specifically request bananas. I, I wanted apples a lot and of oranges to- as well. you spent a lot of time on that <laughs> analogy, haven't you, Craig? That, that, <laughs> yeah, that is the key question. It goes, it goes back to integrity, really. Uh, and Claire, your thoughts as well. I mean, is she in trouble here? And of course, the you know, by extension, the risk to the to the prime minister and to the coalition. I mean, it's it's nightmare stuff for um, Christopher Luxon, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Grant Robertson yesterday said that um, Christopher Luxon has kind of tried to distance himself by putting it down as a rookie error and um, and just a kind of you know muddling up her words with that kind of deciding it wasn't the specific request um, and he has said that if these are the, these are the standards where you have ministers obfuscating and I mean you know that came perilously close to what you could call a lie I would say that um, Casey Costello has been trying to clear it up since then um, and maybe she has and it will go down as a kind of rookie error the, the two issues are one that that thing that might be described as a as a lie to begin with whether or not she intended it to be a lie is a different matter but she will have at least learned that a very early lesson they all learn eventually is that when you're asked something like that it's best to be fulsome in your answer rather than dance around on the head of a pin over the specific meaning of your intent when you asked for certain information and all that kind of stuff so uh, I don't think it's um I don't think it's enough yet to um, topple her, basically. But Labor's kind of gunning for it partly on the basis of that initial answer that she gave, but also on the basis of the content of what New Zealand, uh, what Casey Costello has asked for, which is effectively the New Zealand First policy, which they don't agree with because they had their very strong smoke-free policy. So they're now, they're trying to kind of tie New Zealand first in with the tobacco, big tobacco lobby groups and stuff like that as, as well. So there's kind of two elements of it. Yeah, and the Prime Minister, <clears throat> excuse me, has asked for assurances on that because that is the, the wider issue as well, the impact of uh, tobacco lobbyists on, on government policy, on New Zealand first policy. Uh, so he has asked for assurances on that.
Yes, he's clearly he clearly realises there is a risk here to to the wider coalition to to Nash to the National Party as well. He volunteered yesterday that information of his own volition that he had sought and received those assurances from New Zealand First and Act. So clearly, he does see this as a potential problem for the coalition. You know, there is this this extra scrutiny here too because Christopher Luxon, when he was in opposition, was very critical of the ministerial standards under the Labour government. What he saw as a uh, as a lax approach by Chris Hipkins as Prime Minister. He is. He is Prime Minister now, Christopher Luxon. He is responsible for all his ministers, not just those in national, but all of them. And that means that, you know, at times he's going to end up in this difficult spot. Jacinda Ardern went through it too in the 2017 term. She uh, she ran into problems quite a few times with, with Shane Jones, who on multiple occasions sort of strayed out of the government messaging. And early on, she, she had to gently tell him off. But as the term went on, we saw that she increasingly just washed her hands of it and said, look, different party, not my responsibility. So far, Christopher and has come in and, and has defended Casey Costello, but we'll, we'll, we have to wait to see, I guess, where the story goes from here. Yeah, clearly, and it's interesting to see too with Mark Mitchell how quickly um, Christopher Luxon sided with Winston Peters on that issue. I mean, was Mark Mitchell thrown under the bus, or should he have, in fact, done a better job of clearing the change in the police numbers, you know, from two to three, then back to two? Yeah, that that um, clearly. I don't know if um, Christopher Luxon threw him under a bus. I think Matt Mitchell decided to throw himself under the bus in the end. But what I suspect has happened, and they've, they've, they've tried to close it down very quickly by virtue of Matt Mitchell just copying it and saying, well, I got it wrong when I said three years, not two. But by that stage, he had already revealed he had discussed it with New Zealand First at the end of last year. He clearly, I just cannot see a situation where he would have done that and then come out and started talking about it being over three years, not two years, just off his own willy-nilly bat. So he clearly came away from whatever those discussions were with at least the impression um, that New Zealand First were OK to move well, to well, three years. impression's clearly not enough. And I think Andrew no. Little learnt yeah. this too, didn't he, with three strikes? Yeah, it happened to a couple of times with um, the Labour government where they the relevant ministers kind of didn't register or, or thought they had the approval and then... And then it has to go don't, without realising that almost everything has to go through New Zealand First Caucus, actually. So Mark Mitchell clearly was a bit premature in declaring that it had changed to three years. To be to be fair, if he hadn't done that, it may well have ended up changing to three years, which would have come as a great relief to well, Police right. Commissioner Andrew Costa, yeah. who is the one who has to deliver on and, this. And that's the, that's the funny position that the coalition finds itself in now, right? It's solved the immediate problem, the, 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 the tension between those two parties. But now, now the government is committed to that time frame and it is a, it is a time frame that Mark Mitchell clearly thinks is unrealistic they're going to be held to it in two years time we're going to be asking for those recruitment numbers and if they haven't hit that 500 it's going to be chalked up as a as a failure and as a broken promise now yes they they'll, they'll probably try and blame it on on Andrew Costa but they may well have just delayed the pain here uh, just Tying this issue, these issues up, uh, not a great star, uh, first week of Parliament then for the government when it's wanting that focus to be on the issues of dealing with crime or dealing with uh, the economy. It's been distracted once again. Flip-flops and flop-flips and a minister under pressure. Yeah, it's not been a great start back to the year for the National 
Labour-led coalition. Labour is particularly prosecuting all of these issues and, and, and determined not to let them get off uh, um, with their focus that they want to be focusing on, of course, which is cost of living and, and the like. It does seem to be that um, that, those, that the opposition is, is keeping up the pressure and, and the coalition so far has, has struggled to set the agenda in the way that it would like. It has been bedeviled by these distractions um, in a way that it would, would prefer not to be. Claire, yeah, and Claire, the, uh, the other big issue we should talk about is um, James Shaw and uh, presumably today is it Chloe uh, Swarbrick due to make an announcement. Yeah, she'll be making an announcement on whether or not she's standing for co-leader by around about late morning, I guess. Um, Seems unusual you to make an announcement if I you weren't. I can't see that if she decided against it that she would have waited till she had a clear day and then done a press conference on it, yeah. But she, she is, to be honest, the likely choice at this moment because she's always polled fairly well in the, as far as the Green Party goes and preferred PM. She's quite popular. She's got the urban Liberal vote. Um, it'll be the first time they've had two females as their co-leaders since they changed their leadership role um, in the event she actually gets it. And that will be down to the Green membership and whether anyone else contests it. So there'll be eyes out to see if anyone else contests it, and other people may. They have in the past. Um, a lot is made of the Green Party membership's way of kind of going about things with their very democratic processes and stuff like that. They have to tour around the country and woo the members and sell their cases and stuff. But to their credit, every single time, pretty much, the, the Green Party membership has landed a very solid um, leadership team throughout since the day they formed. Um, so I would imagine that, you know, it's not going to... The leadership change wouldn't... wouldn't necessarily be to the detriment of the Green Party, the loss of James Shaw. I mean, people are right that all MPs are are replaceable in the end and Chloe Swarbrick's quite popular and straddles the kind of social, environmental um, factions of the Greens Mm. pretty solidly. All right, thank you very much. Claire Trevett, uh, New Zealand Herald's political editor, also speaking to RNZ Deputy Political Editor Craig McCulloch.